video was shorter than I expected. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's praise our God. Amen. Lord, we praise you. Though we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, you sent Jesus to save us. Amen. When we were lost ones, you were the shepherd that carried us home. When we were prodigals, you ran to meet us with open arms. And we can't hold back our praise. When we were enemies, you paid the price for all our sin, and we can't hold back our praise. This is the sound of adoration, oh how we love you, Jesus we love you, you are the joy of all creation, oh how we love you, Jesus we love you. dancing on our chains and we can't hold back our praise this is the sound of adoration oh how we love you jesus we love you. you are the joy of all creation oh how we love you jesus we love you We love you. By the cross, I am free. Your grace changes everything. I was blind, now I see. Your grace changes everything. By the cross, I am free. Your grace changes everything. Your grace changes everything. By the cross, I am free. Your grace changes everything. I was blind, now I see. Your grace changes everything. Everything. This is the sound of adoration. Oh, how we love you. Jesus, we love you. You are the joy of all creation. Oh, how we love you. Jesus, we love you. This is the sound of adoration. Oh, how we love you. Jesus, we love you. You are the joy of all creation. Oh, how we love you. Jesus, we love you. I want to do that bridge one more time. Your grace changes everything. I was blind, now I see. Your grace changes everything. 
you need to know this no one comes to the father except through Jesus so that's vital that we all come to Jesus amen amen are you past the point of weary is your burden weighing heavy is it all too much to carry let me tell you about my Jesus do you feel that empty feeling Cause shame's done all it's stealing Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can't save Let me tell you about my Jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life yes 
something difficult you get in the presence of God there is fullness of joy thank you Lord
God's word says that God is not far from us. If you've been feeling like God is far from you, I want you to hear God's word. In Acts 17, it says God is not far from us. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to reach out for him, and he wants us to find him. And if we do seek him with our whole heart, it tells us in God's word, we will find him. Here is where I lay it down, every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down, every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you. Thank you, Jesus. To do whatever you want to, to do whatever. Your way is better. 
your holy name, Lord. We bless your holy name, Lord. Lord, have your way in this place, God. We're just believing you for great and mighty things today. I came expecting great things from you, God. Great things for me and great things for everyone in this room. Great things for everyone in this building, for everyone who's watching us on live stream. God, you are the God of miracles. You are the God of more than enough. Nothing is impossible for you. 
we should have our expectation levels way up here so lord i just pray if there's anybody who's got their expectations way too low that those would come up today that their hearts would just open up for whatever you've got in store for them whatever pastor's going to speak to us today god that our hearts will just be totally open to you lord and that we will be running to you god I love you, God. I bless you and I praise you and I thank you for all that you've already done. But I know you're going to do even more and it's going to be awesome. And I praise you, God. Let's give him another shout. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are so good, God. We bless your holy name. He's good. Amen. 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 All right, now we're going to give you a chance, if you want to, we're going to give you a chance to greet each other. If you don't want to, you just stay right where you're at. And if, if somebody stays where they're at, you don't go up to them, okay? But feel free to, to greet anybody who's out and about, all right? All right, awesome. You called out into darkness You reached out to save us You conquered the grave, you crossed the divide Lost in our sin, you made us alive How can we ever hold it inside? We can't hold back We're gonna lift you stop the singing oh never gonna stop the singing set free no longer bound in chains you rescued me and called me by name you conquered the grave you lost the divide Lost in our sin, you made us alive. How can we ever hold it inside? We can't hold back. We're gonna lift you higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. Never gonna stop the singing. Oh, never gonna stop. Higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, singing louder, louder. Never gonna stop the singing. Oh, never gonna stop the singing. Never gonna stop the singing. Good morning, PCA. Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And if you've heard me sing, you know I stand on that verse. I used to think that nothing would be worse than hearing 70,000 men singing praises to God. Well, let me tell you, it's like angels if you've ever been to a promise keeper. But I digress from what I'm here to do. I'm here to show you what's under this. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding you. For everybody who asks me what it is, I have no idea. Do we have some guests here? If we do, we are so glad that you have come into our home, and we hope you make it your home. 
We're glad to have you here. You'll see one of these VIP cards on the back of your chair. Fill it out and put it in the offering when it comes around. It just gives us a chance to know you a little bit better. We don't want to, uh, um, well, yeah, we do want to know you. So you can come here, but with this card, we'll probably call you and maybe say hi to you. By the way, I have a post-it note from the lovely pastor's wife. Due to the picnic, young at heart slash uno, she's not looking at me, will be canceled this evening. <laughs> so if you were planning on it, go to the picnic. You'll have more fun there than you will. Right? Is that right? Okay. Oh, she ain't in me. I'm feeling much better. I have... I, I spend time getting ready for these things for the offering, and I take some time. And then coming to work this morning, or coming to the church this morning, I heard something on the radio. They're trying to do away with cash in our society. And a guy who is a professor at the Georgia State College or something wrote a book about doing away with cash in our society. He says the reason to do away with it is because there's so many people that are dodging taxes by paying cash. And he said, by doing this, the government will get more tax money and it will enable them to lower your taxes. You are a very sharp group. <laughs> My problem is this guy is teaching kids in a college. Anyway. I just thought that was unusual. We do take cash here in our offering, if I can get the gentleman to come forward. We take cash or check. There's a kiosk by the welcome desk. There's the website. I spelled it website. I wonder what that is. Ponca City Assembly app, if you happen to have that on your phone. Or you can text PCA Church to 844-390-2401. Remember, it's only 10% of what God's already given you. So you're doing pretty good right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come here. We thank you that with our offering, we can give back to you, dear Lord. And you will do with it as you will. All these things we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Good. Man, we've had a great week this week at PCA Church. Had a men's retreat this week. I'm learning every year to do something, then I forget to do it for men's retreat because I normally don't do it, but I forget to pack earplugs. When you're in a dorm room with a bunch of guys and you're not used to sleeping with a bunch of other guys, and so I got there a little bit late because I had something to do as a pastor, so I got there a little late and there was one bunk on the bottom left open. I thought, this is golden. Till we went to sleep that night. I realized why that one bunk was empty, guys. Because there was stereophonic snoring on either side. And I did not realize that's why that bunk was open. But I got that bunk and me and Jesus prayed a lot all night. So, And then here's what happened. Well, So the next morning I get up, we eat breakfast. I'm, I'm walking around. I, they have the new gymnasium. I've not gone in there. I thought, let me go and see the new gym. So I go in and... Can't help but pick up a basketball. I pick it up and start to shoot. Well, about this time, seven high school kids come in, and uh, they look at me and go, hey, you want to play basketball? And being the non-intelligent person that I am, I said yes. So we played two games of basketball with high schoolers, and then had to go in and sit to a speaker 
I love this guy. He's my dear friend of mine, but he went on and on. No, I'm just... Because I was so sore when they, he said, stand up. I couldn't hardly move. I was so sore from playing basketball. And so uh, today, if you've played basketball, relax. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. <laughs> not for a few seconds. Today after church, we're headed to the lake for our picnic, so don't forget to do that and, and to help me work out my soreness. If anybody wants to play softball, bring bats and gloves and a ball and those kind of things. If not, I'm playing cornhole. If that doesn't work out, I'm going to dominoes. <laughs> so whatever physically I can do, I may start out with dominoes. But it's going to be a great, great day. It's a great time to be alive. Amen? Stand with me now with all your sore muscles and everything and raise your Bibles, lift them high and shake them around. Rattle those sabers, let the devil know we're about to go to war here in this place today. Repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. And thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me. Every day to read thy word. And Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the preacher. God bless you. you may be seated. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord because he said, this is my day. Set it aside for me. And so today I want to preach a message how many of you have fast-paced lives? Everybody does, right? Yes, everybody, everybody has a fast-paced life. Even in Ponca City, Oklahoma, you know, where we don't have the two-hour traffic jams, it doesn't take us three hours to go a half a mile, but still it's fast-paced. We have the half-red page, running from old age, bright nights, brief stops, grab a pop, brain strain, heart pain, look around, fun's done. Right? That's what happens in your day. Boom, 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 boom. We're running around, and I'm from Mississippi, so we use this word a lot. We're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. I mean, you know what that looks like. We're so busy taking care of our business that we don't have time to slow down. And in the last couple of years with pandemic, it seems like we've slowed down, but we're still faster than ever before. I talk with people all the time. We just can't get it all done. We're going, going, going. I preached a little bit about this on a Wednesday night. We've got to learn how to somehow slow some things down, but it's hard. In the last year and a half, suicide for those under the age of 30 is up 30%. Because life gets so fast that we finally decide we can't keep up with it anymore. Life gets so overwhelming Charles Mayo, the, the guy who founded the Mayo Clinic, said this, Worry affects the circulation, the heart glands, and the whole nervous system. I have never saw, known someone to die from overwork, but I have seen many who have died from worry. Wow. How many of you worry? Okay, there's a few of you. The rest of us don't. We don't worry. When I was a younger man, before God called me into ministry, I worked a, a job that was very physical, hot, labored job in a steel mill, running a, a big piece of machinery. And so I was eight hours, 12 hours, 16 hours in this hot heat in the summer and cold, cold in the winter. And, 
and I would come home just exhausted. My wife worked in a bank. She worked eight hours in an air-conditioned desk office situation. And she would come home exhausted. And I could not understand this. You're sitting at a desk in an air-conditioned office all day. How are you exhausted? You ought to come with me. And you ought to do my job. And then you'll know what exhaustion is all about. Until. (laughs) Until. Not finished with the story. Let it germinate. Until. God called me in the ministry, went through all of my education, seminary and all that. Then I get into this ministry and I have an office with a desk and air condition. And I work eight hours. I'm exhausted. Why? Because physical exhaustion, you can go home, get a shower, get something to eat, and lay down and sleep and be rested. Mental exhaustion, you can go home and you can eat, but you're still your mind's going, you can get laid down and you can't sleep because your mind's going, you can't get it to stop and going and you just are exhausted. So understand today if you're both physically, mentally, social, social media exhausted, whatever exhaustion you have, I understand it. I didn't for a long time, but I found out that exhaustion is physical, mental, spiritual. And so I want to end on a great theologian here who said this, The day is for seeing where you are going, but nighttime is for you to lie on your bed and worry. Peppermint Patty. One of the great theologians of our time. Worry. You can worry that you're not worrying enough. Why shouldn't I worry about this? I should be worried about this. I'm worried that I'm not worried. And we go on and on and on with this worry thing. And all of us worry at times. Um, I said I don't because I don't worry because that's biblical and says don't do it. So I just have concerns. I have things that need my attention, but I don't worry. Now, we all don't. We all are susceptible at times to worry. And when we're young, we worry about our future. When we're older, we worry about our past. And when, before we have kids, we're about having kids. Then once you have kids, you worry that you got kids. And, and then you want a job. Then you worry that you got money. Then you worry that you don't have money. And it, it just never stops all the things we can worry about. So today, don't raise your hands. But who of you are prone to worry? I'm going to say it's 100%. What causes you to worry? Maybe different for every one of us, different stages in life. Maybe the question should be, who causes you to worry? Because sometimes it's a person that causes us to worry. So if you worry today, sometimes we worry as we age a little bit, we worry about our health. You know, we get to feeling a little something like, like I was worried about my health after playing basketball. But then I remembered a story when I was a youth pastor. I had this young kid in, in Sunday school ask me to pray for his cousin who had done something really stupid on a motorcycle. It was, I just won't tell you the whole story. But I told him, I said, son, I can't pray for that. He said, why, pastor? Why can't you pray for him? And when I was young, okay? I was a youth pastor. I just said, I can't pray for stupid. <laughs> I was a youth pastor, okay? But I think there's times in my life God's just going, you know what? 
you shouldn't have played basketball, dude. You should have said no. And my wife supports God in that thing as well. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. We want to get into this word today. Verse 38 and following has this beautiful passage here. It says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. So the scene is Jesus and his 12 disciples are on their way, it says. They come to a village and a lady by the name of Martha sees Jesus and his disciples. And she goes, oh, hey, would you like to come to my house? I'd love to open up my home. So obviously Martha has a gift of what? Hospitality. Come to my home. And so Jesus and his disciples says, okay, we'll come. So there's 13 men now in Martha's house. And all of a sudden she realizes that, hey, wait a minute. It was wonderful to invite Jesus and the disciples to my house, but now it is, okay, take a poll. Is it dinner, raise your hand, or supper? You've got two choices. Dinner, raise your hand, supper. It's supper. The reason I know that when I was a child, there was a song in the hymn book called, It's Supper Time. So it has to be supper. If you're from the south, it's breakfast, dinner, supper. If you're from the north, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so either way you get to eat. Sometimes four times a day, according to where you're from. But I like, so it's supper time. And Martha's realizing, it's not just me and Mary. I've got 13 hungry men. And so I love to cook. I need to get in the kitchen. I need to start cooking. And so she, uh, she comes over here to the kitchen and, and she starts cooking. And how many of you know that a kitchen has sounds? How many know that? The sounds of a woman cooking. And oh, oh, I got some onions I got to chop up and make this really good stew for Jesus and his disciples. And so you get over here and you start chopping some stuff up. Throw it in the pot. And oh, oh yes, I've got some beef stew that I had back there. Let me go get that and chop it up, put it in there. And so she's just cooking and life is going on. And it's what, how many of you know, how many of you ladies love to cook in the kitchen? Raise your hand. And I'm not, I'm not going to be sexist today, so how many men like to cook in the kitchen? The only reason I'm talking about ladies today because it's, the Bible talks about ladies. And so Martha's in the kitchen, and it's a great time, and, and life is good, and she's got everything she needs, and everything's going well, and, and she's looking around, and she's going, well, where's my sous chef? Where's my sister Mary? Well, she should be, she'll be in here in just a minute. Oh, you know, there, there's some sounds of a kitchen. Now, how many of you know what the sounds of a Cajun kitchen sound like? My wife's part um, southern Louisiana kind of thing. So sometimes you know when you're in a Cajun kitchen, whenever you uh, hear sounds like this. Get back in that pot. Get back in that pot. That's when you know you're in a Cajun kitchen, right? You know, something's crawling out. You know, Get back in there. But she got everything going. And, and man, Martha's so excited. Jesus and his disciples have accepted the invitation to my house. It's wonderful. My house was clean. It's great. And, and I'm cooking. And, and so everything's going great. But then where is Mary? Where is Mary? And she peeps around the corner. And Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. What? 
she should be in here cooking. So you have these sounds of a kitchen, or you have a different sound. Mary, I'm sure she can hear this. Where's Mary at? I want her to come in here. You ever had a mad mom in the kitchen? It's not nice, is it, gentlemen? You can tell from the living room, mama ain't happy. From the sounds in the kitchen. And you're, as a guy, you're thinking, do I want this dinner or not? I'm not sure what's getting put in there. And so you have the sounds of a happy mama in the kitchen, Martha. Then you have the sounds of a bad... Why? Because Martha's upset. So we got to stop everything here because Martha is not happy. So Martha doesn't know what to do. Do. She's made all the noise. She's done everything to get Mary's attention and nothing's happening. She's got 13 men. She's got a feet. She's at the point of ripping her sister apart. Any lady ever felt like that in the kitchen? Feel like that right now? I'm just preaching the Bible today is all I'm doing. Just preaching the Bible. It's all in there if you just read it. I'm sure she thought, surely Mary can hear me in here. I've made enough noise. I've gotten, I can't make any more noise. I've, I'm, I'm saying everything I can. I'm doing everything I can. I'm sure she knows she cannot be deaf. And then you've got this sweet little scene in the living room with Jesus and 12 disciples. And Mary's just sitting there looking up at Jesus. Drinking in every word he is saying. Eyes are just filled with glee. She's so at peace at the feet of Jesus. Just resting and enjoying this wonderful opportunity to be at the feet of Jesus. Verse 40, here's what it says. But Martha was distracted... By all the preparations that had to be made, she came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I don't know how you think Martha said this, but I don't think she went in and go, Jesus, just don't want to interrupt. But I was wondering if you might could have Mary just come help me just a little bit in the kitchen, if you don't mind. Just for a little bit, and then she can come right back. I don't think that's the way Martha did it. Because this word distracted, you need to understand that word. It means this, she is being pulled apart in every direction. Have any of you ever felt like that before? I mean, she's in the kitchen and she is being literally pulled. It's a gut-wrenching moment. She is being pulled apart in every direction. 
So I don't think she walks in and quietly, casually goes in and goes, Jesus. No, I think she comes storming around the corner. Jesus! Don't you care? You tell her to get up and get her little self in that kitchen and help me now. Right? Yeah. Because she's been pulled in every direction. She's done everything she knows to do. She's got 13 men. It's supper time. She has the gift of hospitality, but you know what? It's about run out. Just about had enough of nobody doing anything around here but me. Been there? Yeah. And I love it because she goes in and the first thing she says is this, Lord, don't you care? Now, how many of you know sitting in this auditorium this morning, it's air-conditioned and you're sitting down and you're relaxed? How many of you know that Jesus loves me, this I know? And Jesus cares about you, this you know. Yeah. But when you're in the moment of being pulled apart in every direction, the first thing the enemy will put into your brain is God does not care about me. God doesn't care. You may say, how do you know? Because I know humans. I know myself. There's been times where as a pastor, as a dad, as a husband, I've been pulled apart in every direction. I've got things, I've got things that demand me to be at the church. This is an emergency. But at the same time, I've got an emergency at my home. I've got the same thing going on with my kid. And I'm pulled apart. I don't know where I should go. I don't know what I should do. And in that moment, my thoughts immediately go, yours probably do too, because we're human. Lord, don't you care? I don't know what else to do. I'm being pulled apart and she feels isolated in the kitchen. Isn't that another thing the enemy does is isolate us? Yes. She's isolated. What happened in the garden? Adam and Eve. The enemy isolated Adam and Eve. First talking to Eve and then started talking to Adam. And the first thing we go to is this, Lord, don't you care? They say, Pastor, this doesn't happen. Yes, it does. There's a group of disciples, the same guy sitting by him right now. They're on a boat in a storm and the storm is raging and Jesus is in the bottom of the boat and he is asleep while the storm is pulling this boat in every direction. And if you look at Mark 4.38, it says this, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? If we drown, we can all feel like this at times. We can all feel like God has abandoned us. God doesn't care. He may be, he may be right there, but he doesn't care because he's in here talking to sweet little Mary and I'm in here being pulled in every direction. I'm in here working myself to death. I'm in here doing work for Jesus. Come on. Doing some work for Jesus. I'm teaching that class and nobody else cares and nobody else helps me. Uh, I'm out here in the hot sun. We had an outreach a few weeks ago. I'm out here in the hot sun and I'm blowing up balloons and I'm doing face painting. Where's everybody else at? Yeah. I'm, whatever you're doing for Jesus. Yeah, sometimes you feel isolated. Sometimes you feel like I'm doing all the work. Nobody's here to help me. I'm isolated. And sometimes we just want to walk into somebody else's perfect little life. 
Because if you know, when you're in that problem, everybody else's life is perfect, right? Yeah. I look over here, boy, that couple, they're having a great life, and boy, their marriage is perfect and all this kind of stuff. And look over here, man, your life is great and everything's going good, and, 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 and you don't have any problems. So what I want to do is pull you into my messed up life. Martha's like, I'm not going to go through this misery by myself. I'm going to go drag Mary in here to my miserable life with me. Because misery loves company, right? I'm not going to let you stay happy. I'm going to let you come in here and sweat it with me. Yeah. We all love to drag somebody else into all of our drama, especially when they don't have any. But how many know just because it looks like somebody doesn't have drama doesn't mean they don't have drama? Sometimes people are just real good at putting a front on some things. She said, command her to, Lord. That's what it means in the Greek. Get her in here now. Yeah. Verse 41. Here's what the Lord said to her. Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, girl. But few things are needed or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. Now, how many of you know that when you are upset, I may be preaching to a group of people that have never been upset before. So I may be just preaching to myself today. But if you are truly gut-wrenched, pulled in every direction, upset, ticked off, about to go UFC on somebody... The last thing you need is for somebody to say your name, Martha, Martha. That's the last thing you need. Yeah. Let me pick on a few of you. Grace, 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 grace. Karen, Karen, Karen. Joyce, Joyce. You get the idea. Jesus, when he repeats something twice, he really wants to make an emphasis. He really wants to draw your attention to something. He really wants her to say, Martha, now Martha, listen. There's a lot of things that can get you distracted. And in our lives today, there's a lot of things that distract us, right? I mean, we, if we're parents of little kids, you have it's mandatory you have them in every sport that's possible on the face of this earth. Because if you don't, you're not a good parent. Yeah, you got to have them in soccer, basketball, football, baseball, on and on and on the list goes. You got to go to everything. Then you got to have them in Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Then you got to have them at Royal Rangers and Impact Girls. Then you got to go to church. Then you got to do all these things. And, and as a parent, as a, you can get gut wrenched, pulled in every direction, and you are exhausted. And at the end of the day, you're going, Why am I doing all this? If you're a father, you've got your job that you're sweating it out at. The boss sometimes yelling at you. You got to make sure you do that. Then you come home, and then you've got things you got to do around the house. You got to mow yards, wash all these things, and then you got to somehow find a way to sit down. Well, then your wife's like, I, "What about me?" And then the kids are jumping all over you. What about us? And and as a dad, sometimes you're going, "Just stop! Everything stop!" Because this world will, I promise you, the enemy of your soul, the enemy of your life will bring every distraction into your life that he can. And sometimes it's doing things for Jesus. 
It was for me in my life. I filled my life up with just doing things for Jesus. There was a time in my life we had something every night at the church we pastored on Saturdays, Friday nights, Thursday nights, Monday nights, Tuesday nights, Sunday morning, Sunday night church. We had Monday nights. We had leadership meetings. Tuesday nights were kind of a basketball, volleyball night. We had church on Wednesday night. We had all kinds of classes on Thursday night. Friday night was outreaches. Saturday was all kind of fellowship. Sunday was church. I never had time. I never saw my wife. I never saw my kids. I ne- Why? Because I'm doing what it needs to be done to be a pastor. And it just gut riches you. Even if you're working for Jesus. And it'll wear you out and you can get distracted. You can be pulled. I'm pulled in every direction. If you have a blended family today, wow, that gets crazy. Especially at the upcoming holidays that we're about to go through. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all those things. Where, who, what, when, I don't know. The kids go, we're going, I don't know. It gets crazy. And life gets crazy. And everything in your life, you have to do. Because I guarantee you, there's a lot of ladies in this house that they go, I, I'm kind of on Martha's side here. Because if I have 1,300 men in my house in the supper time, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be in the kitchen cooking. And that's what Mary should have been doing too. I understand the rational part of that. I understand there's a lot of things that need to get done in your life. And maybe work is mandatory. I understand it. We have a job. We got to go do it. But maybe there's a lot of other things that you look in your life and go, is this really, is this really, really mandatory? Because I've seen that we have a lot of times even people missing church to go do his. Wait a minute. The Bible says this about God. He's a jealous God. And he said, don't have any other distractions before me. I give you six days a week. You give me one. And church used to happen Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Then we have three or four revivals a year. And we were always at church. Singings on Friday nights and Saturday nights and on and on the list goes. And now it's hard to get people to church one day a week. And so my concern today is that we are choosing a lot of things. And God, through Jesus Christ, told Martha one thing. One thing is necessary. One thing, yeah, one thing needs to get done, one. And Mary has chosen the one thing that needs to be done. You see, if Martha had thought about it for just a little bit, well, Jesus could pray over a loaf of bread and a fish, and we've got enough because he fed 5,000. So... If I really understood who's in my living room, I wouldn't be in here slamming pots and pans and getting all gut-wrenched over this. I would say, wait a minute. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Do I trust him? Hmm? You see, Mary had gotten through all the gymnastics of all the things that needed to be done and said, wait a minute. You eat eat one meal, you're going to be full for a little bit. And then you're going to be hungry again. But if you eat the word of God and put it in your soul, the Bible says that if you eat and drink of this, you'll never be hungry or thirsty again in your spirit. Why? Because you won't go hungering after the things of the world. 
you're hungering for Jesus Christ. You're not thirsty for all the things. And I understand there's a lot of things out there. You want a better house, a better car, better clothes, better body, better everything. I understand that. But one thing must rise above everything else in your life. And that is your time to spend with Jesus Christ. One thing is the most important. Every day of your life, spend some time in the presence of Jesus Christ. Pastor, I don't have that time. Yes, you do. You choose your distractions. I do. We all have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We, all of us, have to then prioritize what our distractions are. And one thing that will not come out of my distractions is my time with God. Because if I don't have my time with God, then I am in the kitchen slamming violently around. Yeah. I'm, I'm curt with my wife. Everything my kids do get on my nerves. Anybody else like that? Am I the only one here? I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be real with y'all. But when I spend time in the presence of God, God gets my perspective right about everything. And so I understand, is it eternal or is it temporary? If it's temporary, let it go. But if it's eternal, fight for it. Fight for it. And so there's one thing that you've got to put in every day of your life if you want to have peace and rest in your life. If you want to be in here and have the kitchen where everything's peaceful and everything's going great and your life is peaceful. You may go, Pastor, there's not, I got everything. When you sit at the feet of Jesus, he will give you a peace that surpasseth all understanding. All of a sudden in your storms that's going on in your life, he will say, peace be still. The storm may be going on, but you've got peace. There's an interesting verse in 2 Chronicles 20, 30. It says this, And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Yeah. I want peace and rest on every side in my life, don't you? Now, I go through storms. I have all kinds of distractions just like you. I have every family in this church sometimes that has a need. This week, I was late getting to the men's retreat because a family had a need. And I was being pulled in two or three and four different directions. And to figure out, what do I need to do now in this moment? What is the most important? But more than anything, it's one thing. One thing, and church, I've got to challenge you. Why? Because if you are not careful, if I am not careful, we will get up and get going in our fast-paced life, and we will go, 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 go all day long. We'll hit the bed at night, we'll go, 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 and we'll go to sleep, and we did not do the one thing that was mandatory in our life that day. We will not, and I, I tell us to say it every time I preach, Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. Seek first the kingdom of God and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will be added. God wants you to have these other distractions. We've got to have jobs, we've got to have all our families, we've got all these things. But one thing's above everything else, God. And so, Pastor, how do I have peace and rest? 
Well, I want to give you one verse that you know by heart. Most of you have memorized it. All of our impact girls know it. All of the Royal Rangers will know it in time to come. All of us should have this hidden in our heart. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. You may say, oh, I got this one. Maybe, maybe not. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. There's four actions, there's four verbs in this one verse. Trust, lean not, submit, make. Yeah. We've got to take this verse and we've got to pull it apart and put it back together and hide it in our hearts and make it happen every day. Trust means this. You've got to trust God with your present and your future. Martha wasn't trusting God. She's like, I got to do this myself. This has to be done. It's supper time. I've got to do it. She didn't trust. You need to trust today and tomorrow because if not, we worry about it. We get like Martha. We are worried and upset about many things. And there's a lot of times I get worried, I get upset, and I have to stop myself and go, wait a minute. Do I trust God? We should all ask ourselves that question. No matter how many years you've been a Christian, whether it's one day or 60 years, we can all fall into this trap and say, Lord, don't you care? Lord, I'm, going, I'm trying to do what you want me to do. Don't you care? We've got to trust today and tomorrow. And then it says, do this, with all your heart. What does that mean? Well, it's not talking about your beating heart. It's talking about your intellect, your will, your emotions. Trust God. You know how you know if you're trusting God? You will intellectually trust God. I don't have to worry about this. God has it. And I quote scriptures that tell me that God has this. I trust His word to be true. I trust it. I've got to do it first mentally. But then also I can't become a Martha and let my emotions go crazy with me. Well, I trust him in my mind, but boy, my emotions are just, yeah, getting the best of me. We've got to calm those emotions down. And then I trust him with my will. Your will is very strong and your will is very powerful. It is stronger than the will of God. God has given you something so strong that overrides His will. Because we have to take our will and submit it to God or else our will gets done and God's will doesn't. Matter of fact, we pray, Lord, Your will be done, not mine. Because if we don't submit our will, then God's will is not done. Our will is done and we're in here going, God, don't you care? And we're slamming around emotions. We're yelling at our husbands, our wives, our kids. Yelling at the dog. The dog didn't do anything. You know what I'm talking about? Everything. You get in the car. Sorry, old car. I can't have a new one. Look at this thing. Clothes. Everything. Your emotions get caught up in it we got to know, we got to trust that God's will will do it. And this says lean not. That's a negative term, lean not. Lean not means you have a choice. You can go the negative and lean not on the understanding of God, but lean on your own understanding. Or you can be positive and say, I'm going to lean on the understanding of God in this situation. You have a choice. And we make those choices every day. 
The Bible tells us don't trust and don't lean on your understanding. Martha, your understanding is it's supper time, they got to be fed. Jesus' understanding is, Martha, the meal's not the most important thing here, girl. I'm not going to leave here and go, oh, don't go to Martha's house. She'll starve you to death. She won't feed you anything. It was supper time and she didn't cook anything. He, Jesus is like, I'm not going to do that. But lean on my understanding of what's going on in your life. Because I've got a bigger picture than you do. And my understanding is greater than your understanding. So you need to lean on God's understanding. Submit. What does that mean? Submit. Isn't it hard to submit? Isn't it hard to say, hey, wait a minute, not my will, but thine be done? Because if you ask me, I can tell God how to fix everything. Right? Come on now. We all know what should be, needs to be, could be, will be, all those things done. And it doesn't get done the way we want it. And so it's hard to submit. We got to submit our will, our desires. And then it says this one, make. Now the first three are my and your responsibilities. Trust, lean not, submit. Make is God's responsibility. God said, if you trust, if you lean not, if you submit, then I will make your path straight. Now that word make is a powerful, powerful thing. How many of you know music very much? Raise your hand. You can, okay, good. In music, you have all kinds of dynamics that are built into music. And there's little letters and there's little things. If you see a comma, that's called a little bit of a pause and you just stop for a second. Um, but there's these letters on there that in, in addition to the notes. and they, Some of them will be like there's a little P or two P's or three P's. That means pianissimo. That means get softer, get quieter right here. Don't, don't go loud. Soften up. But then... As it builds, it'll get to there'll be this letter F and it builds and it's fortissimo. Build it, build it stronger, stronger, louder, louder. Well, Hebrew language has marks in it like music does. And so when God is saying in the Hebrew here, you need to trust, you need to lean not, you need to submit. He's talking at this. But then there's this crescendo. There's this building up. It's like trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Uh, submit your will to my will. And then I will make your path straight. God shouts it out for us to hear it. I will make your path straight. Because if we have all these distractions pulling us in every direction, guess what our path is not? Straight. We are chasing everything, doing everything. Our path is not straight. And God says, if you trust me, if you submit to me, if you lean not on your own understanding and direction, I will make your path straight don't be distracted by so many things Martha today if I could use every one of our names I would don't be so distracted by all the things in life that say you've got to do all this trust your today and your tomorrow to God 
Don't worry about your own understanding, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Submit all of that to God, and then God will take over and make things right. Our battles are not fought with each other. Our battles are not fought. Our battles are fought at the feet of Jesus Christ, where we take all the distractions, we take all the things of the world, we take all the things of our life, and we go and we sit down for just a moment at the feet of Jesus, and we say, Jesus. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour, I need thee. A lot of times that's my song in my worship time with him. I take all the stuff in and I sit at his feet and just go, I need thee, oh, I need thee. All this, I got to lay at his feet. And there's been times where my spirit has heard Jesus tell me, Pastor, Pastor, you're worried about, do you trust me? Yes, sir. But God, you don't lean not. Yes, sir. Submit. Okay. Trying. But how many knows in that moment, man, your mind's got a battle going on? I take people in there who are sick, cancer, COVID, marriage is failing. Take financial issues in there. It's hard not to worry about those things, isn't it? Take all the church problems in, all the stuff. And I realize I cannot do anything about any of them. There's times as a pastor, you know, you have the burden of the whole thing on your shoulders and You've got all the finances of a church and the daycare and all the administration of all that. There have been times in my life where I've worried. I said, Lord, what's going to happen? And he tells me, I'm, I'm Jehovah. Yes, sir. There's no other thing besides that. I can do all things through you if you just let me. And if you need finances, I got the cattle of a thousand hills and I'm willing to sell off some to give them to you. Whatever you need. I'm bigger than whatever you got. But you have to trust me. Martha was not trusting. We've got to learn how to trust and choose that one thing. Martha's submitting to preparations, being pulled apart in every direction. And Mary's holding on to one thing that's going to give her peace and rest. Church today, I don't know what your lives are. I know what mine is. And I know it is very easy for me to get up, get texts before I wake up, get phone calls in the middle of the night all the time. And I can get up and very easily get going and not spend my one thing. But I'm doing work for Jesus. 
You can work for me, but do you have relationship with me? You can work for me, but how much time we spent together? Stand with me today. The challenge for all of us, the challenge for you today, the challenge for me is a fresh. I would look at every one of you and use your name if I had the time. Martha, Martha, what are you focusing on today? Sometimes during the service, you know what the enemy will do? Tell you all the things you got to get going. Oh, got to get going, got to get going, got to get going, got to get done. We got we to gotta picnic at the lake. Did I leave the crock pot on? Is there enough water in it? I don't know. Because you know churches, we love crock pots. Thank God for creating a crock pot. It's the answer to all church functions. Listen. Nothing else is more important than this one thing. Spending some time. You and Jesus sitting at his feet and I'm telling you it's the best part of my day I go in and every day's different sometimes I talk a lot sometimes I don't sometimes I just go in and listen and he knows all my worries Oh, wait a minute, I don't worry. I'm sorry, concerns. And he just says, peace. Just take your time right here for just a minute. So they're handing out communion. and You don't have to be a member to take it. Just take it and hold it. But don't be distracted by the moving around. Just take a moment and let's just get away from everybody else and just you and Jesus for just a minute. Just close your eyes and sit at his feet and let him minister to you. She's going to sing this song and I want you just to sit at his feet for just a minute. Hallelujah.
place. There is no place I'd rather be than at your feet. At your feet. All the other distractions get taken care of if you do the one thing. One thing has to rise above everything else in your day. I've got to spend some time in the presence of Jesus. Take this bread. This bread represents, is symbolic of the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and willfully gave his life on that cross so that we could have relationship. Not with a veil, but relationship where we can enter the Holy of Holies anytime we want to and sit at his feet and have relationship with him. So today we take this bread and we thank our God, our Father, who looked around heaven and said, what can I sacrifice that would pay for the sins And he saw his son, Jesus Christ. He said, I'll send him to show them how much I love them and how much I care about them. So today we thank Father for the body of Jesus Christ. The body that was wounded for our healing. The hands and feet and side that were pierced where blood and water flowed. Thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Let us eat together. You can flip your cup over, take the lid off. This juice is symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you aware, I mean daily aware, that you no longer are headed to hell? But God has given you the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven with him. Are you glad? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That can never get old. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus Christ washes all my sins as scarlet like they're white as snow. Hallelujah. When the Father looks at me, he does not see spots and wrinkles and blemishes. But he sees his own righteousness because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today we lift this cup and we thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. For the pen that is dipped in that blood and my name is written in the Lamb's book of life that no man can take out. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Let us drink together. If you can, put that cup down. We're going to take just a moment. Sing that chorus again, Pastor Karen. And let's just, if you've got a bunch of distractions, sit down. At your feet. At your feet. Oh, hallelujah. I submit my will. I'm going to lean on your understanding, not my understanding. Hallelujah.
I want peace and rest on every side in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want that. Hallelujah. felt when we were we were worshiping earlier I felt like some of you just need to take this song and once again we're going to sing it and I want you to just get in the presence of Jehovah in whatever your distractions find yourself about to go with UFC if you find yourself looking at other people and want to drag them into your misery if you find yourself at your wits end gut wrenched, torn in every direction ask yourself this question when was the last time I was at the feet of Jesus when was the last time I stopped my busy life and just got into his presence. Listen, there's no excuses. I don't care how busy your life is. I've had little kids running around the house. I've had teenagers. Oh my goodness. Churches. But there's one thing. This one thing I do. At the feet of Jesus. Because if I don't, and I'm Martha slamming 
mad, upset. If I need a meal, I trust God to provide it. Whatever I need, I know that he will provide. He said, I will supply all your needs according to my riches. Not my riches, his riches. I know how you feel because I became a man and I felt just like you. I know what's going on in your fast-paced life because I had a fast-paced life too. But if you will just take some time and come into my presence, I will put the right perspective on everything in your life. Submit your will, your mind, your emotions to me. Trust me that I know what I'm doing. Lean not and I will make your path straight. Father, I pray today that as we go out of this place, we're going to enter a world that is filled with distractions. People are worried about health and finances and jobs and relationships and social medias and all these things, all these things. God, help us to at least in one part of our day every day do this one thing. Make that choice to do one thing. And it helps everything else to fall into place. I pray that we would all be like Jehoshaphat and you would look at our kingdoms as such as small as they are, but you would give us rest and peace on every side. I pray today for husbands and wives to have peace and rest with each other. I pray today for parents and kids to have peace and rest with each other. I pray today for our jobs and us to have peace and rest with each other. Our finances, our health, whatever it may be. God, I just pray right now that when we spend time in your presence, we find peace and we find rest. Renew our strength. We will mount up on wings like eagles. We will run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. In your holy name, we pray these things. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.